Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with Hollywood nepotism, a favorite Claws are coming out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Prom, which is a Netflix uh, musical movie. We have a lot of thoughts. And we're also going to be talking about the story that I know you guys have all been clamoring for. It's Liz's Keebler elf cookie story. (laughs) Had no idea that a single person would be interested. The people demand to know how that story ended. Yes. Okay. Um, you guys, please follow us on Twitter and other social media. We're at tea time underscore 33 on Twitter. And then Instagram, we're at tea time pod. Also, you guys, we all have personal accounts. Follow us there too. Kate, you're at Kate Hallowell. Kaya is at Kaya underscore McMullen. Amelia is at Amelia Dew. And then I don't tweet, but you can follow me at Liz C. Kelly if you would like. Someday Um, we'll get her back. So follow her for that day. Right. Or follow me on Instagram, whatever you want. Anyway, before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence every inch stitch sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection that's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. First category, Tea Time is checking in with Hollywood nepotism. There was a couple stories this week that inspired us. So Kate, how about you start with arguably the biggest one? Sure. I was assigned the story. Uh, And so I am talking about Olivia Jade on Mm. the Red Table Talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Olivia Jade, Lori Loughlin's daughter, obviously was a huge part of the college admission scandal. Did that happen this year? I think last Varsity year. Blues. Okay, I was like, I have no concept of God, time anymore. hard to tell. <laughs> I was going to say earlier this year, and then I was like, I don't know. Yeah, we were um, in the office. I remember all yelling yeah, about it. Okay. Yeah. So Lori Laughlin, I believe, is currently serving her 60-day sentence <laughs> for the college admission scandal. Uh, and her daughter, Olivia Jade, went on Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk to just break her silence and talk about the struggles 
and the difficulties that she has faced since her parents paid to get her into college. And it was a disaster, as one would expect. First of all, she just came across really badly, I would say. And no one really cared what she had to say, I think Mm -hmm. was the first part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And the second one, which was addressed by a lot of very smart Black women, both on the show and off the show, is just the uh, extreme white privilege to go on the show hosted by three Black women and talk about how difficult it's been for her uh, since... Just this whole experience. Um, And Gammy, who is Jada Pinkett's mom, (laughs) she goes by Gammy on the show. Uh, Adrienne Banfield-Jones pretty much said it (laughs) as well as anyone could. Uh, She said, I fought tooth and nail for her not to be on the show. Her being here is the epitome of white privilege. Uh, So Olivia Jade talked about this. She was like, you know, part of having privilege is not knowing you have privilege, blah, blah, blah. All the things that she was coached to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Gammy had no time for that whatsoever. Uh, she was like, she was like, I'm exhausted. Here's what she said. I'm exhausted with everything we have to deal with as a community. And I just don't have the energy to put into the fact that you lost your endorsements or you're not in school right now, because at the end of the day, you're going to be okay. Cause your parents are going to go in and they're going to do their 60 days and they're going to pay their fine. And you guys will mm-hmm. go on and you'll be okay and live your life. And there's so many of us where it's not going to be that situation. And it just makes it very difficult right now for me to care. Yeah. Could not Thank God for her. Seriously, yeah. for her presence yeah. on that show. Gammy. Because she should hear that. She should be filmed. And I right. yeah. like it was kind of rewarding watching her say that, even though the interview itself wasn't that rewarding because she took absolutely <laughs> no responsibility for it. She didn't even say that she had any part in it, which if you recall, she was she posed for those rowing photos. Right. Like oh she was God. not innocent in this. <laughs> right. It's, you know it's, what I mean? it's not like she didn't know it was happening. And on the right. on the red table talk, she's like, I just didn't know it was wrong. It was like, you know, all my friends were donating, parents were donating money, buying yeah. libraries, buying all these things. And I just thought it was the same thing. I'm like, you're posing on a rowing machine so that right. they can Photoshop your head onto a crew <laughs> picture so that it looks like you're on a rowing team. I just <laughs> Her team did prep her correctly in that she just focused on the donation part and was like, right. everyone I'm ar- surrounded <laughs> by is affluent and does this, but had no acknowledgement of the rowing photos. I wanted her no. to talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, Gammy just shut her down. She was like, I found Gammy. it really ironic that she chose three black women to reach out to for her redemption story. It's not our responsibility to raise her consciousness. So, mm-hmm. so just true. great stuff. Also, Gammy posted a sick abs photo online oh, today. She has yeah. still got it. Absolutely still got All it. All of them do. The jeans are oh, unparalleled. Yeah. Incredible in that family. Incredible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Olivia Jade still no. And her sister, who also profited from this, just oh nowhere to be found. Where no. is she? Also just in TLC. Let Olivia she? take the heat. Fucking hell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey. Well, and she has the Bella handle on Instagram. Oh, great. Right. So great. I don't yeah. know. That's messed up. Anyway, I hope they go back, um, you know, yeah, laying low. Don't want to hear from them for a bit. (laughs) Um, What is the next story in Hollywood nepotism? The next story in Hollywood nepotism uh, involves Cassie David, who you may know as the daughter of Larry David, who co-created Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Very, very funny guy. Cassie, don't know if I can say the same thing. Uh, (laughs) She, you know... Uh, I don't mean to totally like shit on her or anything, but anyway, so she just came out with like a series of essays in this book called No One Asked For This, aptly titled, Um, (laughs) except Kate did point out that I emailed a publisher and asked for it. So, (laughs) um, but she just comes across 
across as just very privileged, even though she tries setting up the entire book by acknowledging her privilege. And she just does it in a way that she like doesn't take into account like LGBTQ when she's talking about sex. And also right. it just the writing is not the best. It's just a girl rambling kind of, which, hey, I get we that. Know, we know him well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But none of us have published a book. So, right. you know, and I I mean, I don't know. There's there's been uh, a thread on Twitter from someone who's at Yucky Tom. I kind of like that. Sure. And they just ask, how did Cassie David like get printed? You know, she, she here's like a, a little section for you. So there you have it. It's pretty clear why anyone with eyes should believe in God. Oh, shit. If you don't have eyes or you're blind, I completely understand why you wouldn't believe in God. That's beyond fucked up. And I wouldn't believe in God either, knowing they could let that happen. I can't believe I almost forgot about the blind. All right. So besides the blind, all evidence points to God. It's just like, you don't have to write that. Yeah. You don't have to write that, Cassie. You, huh, again, the privilege and all that good stuff. It's, I, and, and I got the book for free. I just want to say um, <laughs> it worked, people. It worked. Um, but I have read like the introduction and I was like, <laughs> all right. This is going to be a task that I Are you put gonna on myself. It? I'm going to try to. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of like hate reading, you know, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, sure. God. But maybe I'll update you guys. You probably don't want to hear updates, but, you know, just in case sure. if you do. Yeah. It's we had a field day when some of these excerpts were coming out. Was this like a week ago? Yeah. I can't even remember. I'm like, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But proud of you for continuing the discourse <laughs> and continuing to stay engaged with the Cassie yeah. David stuff. Uh, the only person continuing to stay engaged you know with the what? Cassie David. Someone has to, and that person's going to be me. And it's true. It just, it just, it reeks of privilege that she hasn't thought of before and just mm -hmm. the way that it's like, did you not read this out loud to yourself? Yeah. Did Larry not take a look at this book before you printed it? I just, it's yeah. just, she's just yeah. not very self-aware. They never are, are they? Yeah, mm -mm. truly. So, you know. Yeah, this is actually a perfect segue to the last um, <laughs> least self-aware person. Yes. And this is a celeb that we don't actually talk about. We talk about her sister quite a bit. But Kate Mara was in the news this week. She's in the, the Hulu show, A Teacher. Um, right. So she's doing the round. She went on Ellen, who now, as of today, has COVID, by the way. Crazy. Stay at home. Please wear a mask. Um, anyway, so on Monday's episode of The Ellen DeGeneres Show, Kate Mara was talking about, like, football game days in her mm -hmm. home. And for those of you guys who don't know— Kate Mara's father's side co-owns the New York Giants, and then her mother's side co-owns the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is fucking insane. She right. comes from two sides of basically billionaire families, and I can't even fucking fathom that and what that's like. And it goes so under the radar. Her and her sister, who I'm blanking on, Veg News, Kate Rooney, Amelia Rooney. Mara. Rooney, God, thank you. Have some respect. You, you know what? Both their middle names are Rooney. Did you know that? Yes, and Rooney is the mother side of the family. Like so the Rooneys yes. own the yes. so yeah. Rooney Mara yes. is just alluding to her family owning two football teams. Yeah, she was basically saying that game days like are like quote complicated, and she's like laughing about it. She's like, if everyone's winning, then it's really happy, but it's like a stressful situation. And I'm like, okay, I can't imagine. Yeah, can't imagine that stress you guys go through. And then she says the competition in her house is quote sometimes really amazing. I'm like, oh. oh God, thank God, thank God, you guys figured it out. Happy for the Mara family, Rooney Mara. I just family. can't imagine someone being like, "This will make you seem relatable." Talk about yeah. this on a talk show. 
totally. to laugh about it. Because then everyone's like, wait, what is this? And then you research your family and you're like, oh. Jesus. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> no, totally. And the funny thing is, too, is that people tweeted this out, but they got totally ratioed. And so they deleted the tweet. And <laughs> I think mm. if you go to the people.com article, the Ellen show has also deleted or archived the video. So you can't even watch it. Oh, Which wow. is cowardly, if you yeah. ask me. Like, it's not your fault. They're just making fun of her. Maybe her yeah. team made them take it down. I Who bet knows? that's true. Probably. I honestly bet that's yeah. true. Yeah. That they was seem a, sensitive. Kate Mara seems sensitive. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Let's cleanse ourselves. Let's move on to the next category. It's this week in social media slash not worth the tea. So I guess we're not getting that much better. Um, no. What do we have this week, Kate? Just more silly bored celebrities. We were talking about how this is like the first real full pop culture week in a while. It seems like we haven't really had to come up with that much other stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's because celebs are just being stupid again, which is great. That's what we need on (laughs) Tea Time. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've probably seen, if you've been on social media this week, the celebrity elf on a shelf meme. Uh, which is one of the stupider things they've done since the Imagine <laughs> video. Uh, oh. And it started with Garcelle Beauvais on December 1st, who photoshopped herself, picture of herself, onto a photo of Pharrell. <laughs> and she was sitting on his shoulder and she said, Garcelle on Pharrell. And it was like an elf on the shelf joke. So Classic. Elizabeth Banks. a classic. Also, that's like kind of a slant rhyme, Garcelle and Pharrell. I guess it kind of works. But anyway, uh, Elizabeth Banks then just took it it, as she tends to do. (laughs) And she switched it up and put Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump on her shoulder. And then we were just off to the races. So it was Hanks on Banks. The rules of this meme have really varied as we've gone. First, it started out with a celebrity who has your similar name rhyming with your name on your shoulder. So it was like Pascal on Gal. Gal Gadot did Pedro Pascal. I did Pascal on Gal. But then people really took liberties with it. For example, Reese Witherspoon did Grease on Reese. So she did the Grease cast Mm. on her shoulder. Uh, Mark Ruffalo did Stark on Mark. So he did Iron Man on his shoulder. Oh, that's nice. And then Sterling K. Brown did the crown on Brown, where he did the cast of the crown. (laughs) On his shoulder. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar, the absolute worst, uh, put photoshopped a picture of the Da Vinci Code, the book, the cover of the book on her shoulder. And it was bestseller on Gellar. At that point, don't do the meme. Don't do it. (laughs) Can I ask, like, what are we doing? I don't know. What is this? I don't know. Also, Kevin Jonas, if you Uh want to know, posted one. And it's, (laughs) it's Karen on a Kevin. (laughs) it's not even the meme he didn't get it right it could not be easier to understand this meme format somewhere more difficult on that note note, before i realized the extent that people had ruined this i was like it would be funny for me to come up with them for all of us yeah so i had a really hard time when i was trying to find celebrity names because i was like amelia wedemeyer <laughs> What's going to rhyme with that? But then I, I kind of br- was able to branch out once I saw the bestseller on Geller. So first of all, Liz has it easy. Riz Ahmed. Uh, Riz on Ooh, Liz. Or that's good. Like Nelly that. on Kelly. I mean, Ooh. Liz is easy. Uh, Kaya also easy. Maya Rudolph. Maya on Kaya. Oh, Boom. Oh, done. nice. I had some trouble with uh, Amelia. <laughs> so, but obviously bestseller book. Uh, related things are allowed. So you guys remember the Delia's catalog? <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Delia on Amelia. 
That's, that's the best I can come what? up I'll with. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. And Thank then, you. Uh, and then for me, Nate and Tate aren't celebrities. And then, uh, but Hallowell worked out, so I could do Michelle on Hallowell or Adele on Hallowell. Kind Ooh, of a slant Adele rhyme. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really a rhyme, but, but I suppose. Hey, yeah. it's still better than Karen on Kevin. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, God! You get that confused. We've got to come up it. with something to do. We have to get this vaccine. Oh, We're so bored. Oh my God! Also, oh can I just God. say that this was a meme like two years ago because I remember for Disney doing Troy on soy. <laughs> wow! So yeah. did you guys start this or? No, 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 new? of course not. It was just okay. like everyone was doing it. And I was like, oh, Troy on well, soy. Well, short okay. memory. Tough, desperate yeah. times, yeah. Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what true. else? Ooh, okay. Um, I just, you know, for all my Kirsten Dunst, Kiki Dunst stands, she's back and she is entering the MCU. Um, Hell yeah. There mm-hmm. was news that broke that apparently they're getting all the freaking Spider-Man people back in this new MCU Spider-Man. So we're talking like, I think Kirsten Dunst has signed on, Alfred Molina, who is from the Tobey Maguire one, I think the second movie. They said that they've got, or they're, going to get like Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. They talked about even maybe Willem Dafoe. So we're taking from Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And they're all going to come together for the Tom Holland MCU one. And people are like, maybe this is going to be a live action um, into the Spider-Verse because that's what it it seems oh. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm extremely excited. I love this shit. I love crossovers yes. and like old people <laughs> coming back. It's I, fun. Obviously, we love Kirsten Dunst. So, so. Tea Time, yeah. Tea Time is in on the MCU now. We've so forgiven <laughs> the bad bromance jokes, and we're in now that Kiki's here. Ex- is what yeah. I'm taking away from this. Exactly. exactly. And again, yeah, like Liz said, love a good crossover, and yeah. when it's fun like this, and when Hell they, yeah. they yeah. do it well, and I think <laughs> they will do it well because they're pretty good at this kind of stuff. They are. So. Yeah, agreed. Um, um, all right, what else? Uh, Nigella Lawson, the celebrity <laughs> chef Nigella Lawson. She there was a recent tweet, a video of her cooking, and in the clip, she pronounces microwave like microwave, <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, what? Um, <laughs> never heard it pronounced like that." But uh, what? Sure, go off, girl. And she actually went on to later clarify that she knows it's not pronounced like that but she's just is funny i guess she did that to like be quirky i don't know i she she was just like i do say it like that but not because i think that's how it's actually pronounced so i interesting I so it's what? like when you say it like you're going to tarjay instead yes, of target yeah so she's yeah she's one of those people just yeah. like put a little spice in your life you know why not honestly okay so okay yeah <laughs> it's a puzzling episode um okay also <laughs> equally puzzling are people back on Omegle because it's every teen I know is logging back onto wow. that godforsaken website. And if you've forgotten what that is, I hope you have. It is where you basically just roll the die. You log on to Omegle.com mm. and you can ch- video chat with a stranger <laughs> on the internet. And it was really big for a brief time. Like I did it. You do like on a sleepover and you like giggle and yes. you like see weird shit and you close out and you're like kind of scarred by it. I would not recommend it. <laughs> I thought we've moved past as a society, but we haven't because it's all over TikTok. All these teenagers are doing it again. It's a recipe for disaster. I don't know why it's still around, but people are back on Omegle and I cannot believe it. Did you guys ever do it? I hate that. I never did it, but it always scared me. And it still scares me as a concept. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. 27 and I like don't want to see no, what's I'm not on doing that. I just don't no. want to. It's just gross. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even turn my Zoom camera on. I'm well, not yeah, doing see, that. Exactly. No, True. I remember doing this and you get to a point where just it's all dicks and you're like, okay, <laughs> well, didn't really want to see that, but okay. I was trying to avoid saying that. But oh, that's I'm sorry. It. No, that's the whole crux of it. And that's why yeah. you don't log on. Right. <laughs> scary right. people on Omegle. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Amelia. Same hey, with the people need anytime. to do. Anytime. Oh. Lastly, heroin. <laughs> <laughs> last piece of heroin news is that Matthew Morrison's musical, The Grinch, has come out. I watched parts of it. You can watch it on Hulu. Mm. I think it's on the NBC website. Um, people were like really curious about this performance. Nobody's heard from Matthew Morrison in a while. <laughs> he, he like his character on Glee and he himself is like kind of aged a little bit weird. <laughs> um, and his Grinch character is no different. A lot of headlines are focusing on the sexuality that he brought to this character. <laughs> and I know that I don't have a lot of Grinch knowledge. I've never seen a movie, but I don't think that the Grinch is inherently sexual, but correct me if I'm wrong. But he brought, I guess that's just who he is. When you're so sexy, it just seeps into every character you play. Um, (laughs) So I watched parts of it. Amelia, I know you watched it with your mom. You got through like 10 seconds of it. Did you like it? We went through 10 seconds and we had to turn it off because it was just so not great. Um, I have a couple quotes that I wrote down from my mom. Um, (laughs) You know, poor freaking Boo Boo Stewart is out here playing Max the dog and Mm -hmm. running on all fours. Like, you know, he's freaking jungle boy. And I feel bad because it's that's an exhausting performance. And you know what? He was good in Descendants. Okay. Yeah. I've Mm. seen that Disney Channel original movie. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, so I was talking about Boo Boo and I said, wouldn't it be just like embarrassing to be that guy? And my mom goes, which one? Because <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Cheryl. From Cheryl. <laughs> yep. And then she also said this about the set. Just because it's COVID doesn't mean you don't have money for the set. It's Crushing true. It. The set's bleak. The set yeah. was bleak. like literally maybe some cardboard and an <laughs> ottoman. That yeah. was literally the set. And it's at the Troubadour Theater in London. Like, they could have really jazzed it up. I don't know if they thought Matthew Morrison could just carry this entire performance and no one would notice. Wow. Did you guys see the thing where he was like, I was inspired by Joaquin Phoenix's performance (laughs) as the Joker. And I just channeled that into my role. Yes. He called his interpretation (laughs) carefree and raw. So (laughs) do with that what you will. Um, So, yeah. we Actually, you know what? If we were smarter we could have turned this into a full cringe mode but I don't think any of us wanted to watch that full no. performance no so literally not. after 10 seconds it was like yeah well, I won't watch anything no. else yeah <laughs> just bizarre bizarre also can we briefly mention I, just, I want to know is the Grinch canceled because not only is this just performance horrible always love the Jim Carrey performance but Kylie had a collaboration with the Grinch with her makeup and she named an eye glaze Lil Grinch and I can't stop thinking about it just like <laughs> Lil Grinch <laughs> yeah I cannot believe I because she has all the money in the world but this was actually fairly I mean I don't know anything about but like don't you need the IP and the rights to the Grinch <laughs> like she fully took all of that and she did like how do you even go about that I think they like signed on and were like yeah, yeah. hell yeah let's do a Kylie collab which yeah. sure I guess it sold out really fast but hmm. I, I just, think I think I the Grinch know. is uncancelable because yeah. really the Grinch is like a metaphor for how you can't be canceled no matter oh what God, your you're past so right. actions are. 
your heart grows three sizes that day and you're good. Oh, On what day? Gosh. You're There's back no in so everyone's right. good graces. Liz, you got to watch The Grinch, The Real right. Grinch. That's fine. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, we're doing cringe mode at the prom, our plan for last week. Did you guys rewatch this movie at some point no. this week? No, we although can? I felt like I should because I, you know, I have a Liz Kelly memory of this film <laughs> where I like watched, you know, all of it, but I remember like 70% of it. So. It's kind of rude. Okay. On that <laughs> note, do you want to take us through the plot briefly? Oh, sure. Set myself up for that one. Um, the prom is out on Netflix today. Uh, it's based on, I believe, a 2015-2016 musical. It's adapted by Ryan Murphy, starring Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, uh, James Corden, Keegan-Michael Key, Emma, what's her name? Joe Ellen Pellman, who's delightful. She's a newcomer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about these sort of aging Broadway stars who are kind of failing in their careers and they decide that the thing they need to make them look better to the public eye is a cause. So they see a news story about a teenage lesbian in Indiana who can't go to her high school prom because she's gay and she tried to bring her girlfriend and they canceled the whole prom rather than make it inclusive. So they go to Indiana, uh, this podunk town, and they basically just like kick everyone into gear. They give this girl a pep talk. They throw her own prom and it all turns out okay. Did I miss anything? Anything that's important there? It. Musical numbers. No, it's an absolutely stacked cast. Do you like yes. the billing is insane. It's Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, James Corden, Carrie Washington, mm, um, Keegan Michael Key, um, other people. But those are like, I mean, I can't even name them all. There's like a right. really loaded, loaded cast. Yes. Um, and we have a lot of thoughts on this movie, especially Kate, uh, obviously, because it's set in Indiana. But let's start with the highlights. <laughs> Kate, what's a good part about this movie? 
Uh, I would die for Meryl Streep. I love her so much. She's so great. Do more musicals. Meryl Streep. She did Mamma Mia. She wasn't in the second Mamma Mia because her character died. Sorry, spoiler alert. But she's just great. She's having the time of her life in this movie. She's in like these goofy wigs, these like bright colored outfits. And I just love her. She just makes everything she's in better. Every single Mm -hmm. thing. I actually didn't know that she dies in the second Mamma Mia and I want to talk to you after. Um, But anyway, yeah, I agree. I love her. I love her energy. It's like great role, I suppose. Yeah. I just like, just have more fun. You know, I like the era of Meryl Streep where she's just like doing fun musicals. And I would like more of that. Yeah. Um, And speaking of her outfits, a lot of jewel tones in this movie. (laughs) It's like a very like, you know, it kind of looks like a Broadway musical. You've got all the bright colors and stuff. But Meryl just has like these beautiful like green and purple and yellow and blue outfits. Everybody else does. And it just looks great. Like that's Mm -hmm. just the energy I'm trying to bring into my gray quarantine days as I'm laying on the couch (laughs) in sweatpants. Like I want to watch people in bright colors and fancy outfits. I agree. I agree. I also talk about Meryl having fun. Nicole Kidman is having the time of her life in this movie. And it is so fun to see her not in a role that's like Big Little Lies and The Undoing and Bombshell and like all of her really serious stuff. Her smile is contagious. She's got this Mm -hmm. great energy. Kate, I know you disagree with this, which we'll talk about later, but I do feel like she really was like used correctly in this movie. And Mm. she just kind of like brought all it all to this show so I loved seeing her and she's so much fun to watch and she just like got she's got great energy I miss that part you know yeah mm-hmm. I actually yeah. I totally agree with you I thought I was going to dislike her and I was like oh good but but <laughs> as I watched her I was like wow you know what I she's really likable and there's something yeah. there's like, like something calming and sweet about her demeanor and she's just like she has a very soft voice and it's just you know she's trying to help a girl And she's a background dancer, singer, woman, lady on Broadway. Mm -hmm. So what's not to love? Honestly, you're right. I'm going to skip ahead to my take that she's not used well in this movie because I love Moulin Rouge. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And I was like, yes, Nicole Kidman, like back in a musical singing Broadway. Like, yes. And then I just was like, I wanted more of her. So I think Mm, that was because I was like going and expecting like musical Nicole Kidman and then like she was mm. kind of a side character so that was my disappointment but I do That's agree she's very soothing it's like a yes. cast of kind of like anti-heroes where you're like <laughs> rooting for them but they're not like the nicest people but she does come across as like actually a very sweet person yeah she's good. the most yeah. nurturing one I think yes. and she's got this one big number which I'll talk about later but yeah I also just like you know we talk about this but like really highly produced big budget musicals. It did remind me of Cats a little bit. <laughs> only too. because that's the most, re- yeah, it was just like really <laughs> theatrical, really big, it felt like, and really well done. Um, and I just want more of those. I think this is a great lane for Netflix to like really lean yeah. into. <laughs> Liz, read what you wrote down on this outline. <laughs> okay, so I, I forgot I wrote that down. I did say I had more fun with Cats though. <laughs> Which I did, and I stand by that. <laughs> That's okay. It's a different viewing experience from Cats. <laughs> yes, it's enjoyable in a different way. Yes. <laughs> That's oh true. And I did not cry like I did in Cats. Um, and then <laughs> what's the last that. what's the last highlight? <laughs> um, I honestly I ship a Meryl Streep Keegan Michael Key relationship. It's a what what do they call it? A May December romance, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, and I love it. I think they're cute together. Why not? Get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of them. I you. mean, if, if Meryl's character was a man and, and Keegan Michael Key's character was a woman, like this right. wouldn't even be a thing in Hollywood. Exactly. So it was nice that they just like swapped it, didn't really yeah. mention the ages, just like he was yeah. a principal who was like her fan. Mm-hmm. And then she was just like flattered by someone who like really cared about her. Yes. Yeah, it was great. 
Totally. All right. Let's do some low lights. Kate, (laughs) just take it away. You have the floor. (sighs) Okay. I have a lot to say about this. Okay. So I've been, I'm from Indiana. I've been in Indiana since March. And this movie's set in Indiana, which is, you know, not the most rare thing of all time. You know, Stranger Things is set in Indiana. We get a lot of things set in Indiana. So I was like, sure. This movie kicks off with uh, a musical number about how awful Indiana is that I was not, I genuinely was not emotionally prepared for. Here's a line from it. And admittedly, these are, these are not meant to seem like nice people. These are supposed to be like, you know, people who don't understand the ways of the world. But this is what they sing about Indiana. Those fist-pumping, Bible-thumping, spam-eating, cousin-loving, cow-tipping, shoulder-slumping, finger-wagging, hoosier-humping losers and their homely wives. They'll learn compassion and better fashion once we at last start changing lives. So they hit me with that about maybe 10 minutes in. And I genuinely was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, Again, like, you know, it's dramatized. They're not supposed to, they're supposed to come across as like very short-sighted and silly for saying these things. So like, I get it. And then there's another song that directly follows that up. That's sung by the main character, Emma, um, about her experience in Indiana and how she's been discriminated against. And it's called Don't Be Gay in Indiana. And it's all about how Indiana is the worst place for anyone to be gay and how she feels discriminated against, blah, blah, blah. Which, you know, a lot of people have had that experience. And so I just didn't love some of that. As someone who's from Indiana, had a very inclusive high school experience in Indiana, mm-hmm. felt like this was maybe presenting my my home state in a, an iffy light. So mm-hmm. I, today, this morning, I went online and just looked up what other people from Indiana were saying about this. And I found a really great article by Justin Mack of the Indianapolis Star that just had a lot of great research. So first of all, Ryan Murphy is from Indiana, which I already knew. He went to Indiana University. He was on the same, you know, school newspaper that I was on. So we know that Ryan Murphy has ties to Indiana. He wouldn't Mm -hmm. have picked this lightly. Like, it's not just people who didn't know anything about Indiana who did this. And the prom, the original musical, they actually changed the setting to Indiana. It was initially a different state. They changed it to Indiana because Mike Pence passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in 2015, which was a huge deal in Indiana. I remember it happening. There were a ton of protests against it. And basically what it did was give businesses and other places a right to discriminate against gay people or other people uh, because of religious freedoms. So it was a huge, huge deal, super controversial. And because of that, it was such a big deal. They placed the prom in Indiana because it was like a really hot topic. And there's a West Lafayette, which is the town that I'm from, Lafayette, native that served as a music director for this this musical. So, like, a lot of people, you know, from Indiana took part in creating this musical, which I was Mm -hmm. like, I get it. And I'm still a little offended because I think that, you know, it's a lot of people who didn't have a great experience with Indiana. For example, Ryan Murphy was told by Warren Central, which is an Indiana high school, that he couldn't take his boyfriend to the prom in 1980. So, like, a lot of personal experience went into this. So, like... Mm -hmm. You know, that cooled me off a little bit. I was like, not everyone's, you know, personal experience is the same, but I still didn't love it. I think it was still a low light for this movie. First of all, because it's set in 2020 and these things aren't happening nearly so much in 2020. And, you know, also because I had a pretty good high school experience in Indiana. I think a lot of people did. And also it doesn't take people from New York to come save Indiana. You know what I mean? And it's dramatized in this movie, but like... That is what happens. And like when the RFRA was passed in Indiana, there were a ton of gay rights groups here that were against it and yeah. act, and were active against it. And like 
acting like these five people from New York are the only people that are standing up for this girl who mm-hmm. can't go to prom right. because she's gay just like didn't sit great with me because we have a ton of groups in Indiana that would have done that and would have stood up mm-hmm. for her. Um, totally. So, you know, I get it. There was a lot of personal trauma and personal experience and research that went into this movie. But I think it, we could have been represented a little bit better is my yeah. take. Sorry to bring down the vibes, but no, um, no, I no, thought no, the, no. the Indianapolis Star and Justin Mack did a really good job illustrating that in their article local indiana journalism we love to see it there you go they leaned like really hard into this whole thing and it was just like jabs the entire movie and it kind of just like took you out of it you were like yeah it just didn't feel like exactly the tone yeah and i think i was gonna say this later in nitpicking but i think a lot of these issues could have been solved if you just said it 20 years ago because like everywhere sucked 20 years ago in terms of gay rights you know what i mean and especially indiana sure so I, I think it just makes it seem like Indiana is the only place in the world that still thinks like this. And first of all, it's not. And second of mm-hmm. all, it's come a long way. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. um, with all of this said, there was a really funny Applebee's joke that was made about <laughs> Indiana that I thought was really good, where they act like Applebee's <laughs> is like the most formal restaurant in this oh. town, which is pretty good. I had a lot of volleyball, <laughs> a lot of volleyball team bonding dinners oh, at Applebee's. I love that. <laughs> So yeah, pros and cons to the Indiana uh, representation, but I think it could have been done better. And you're wearing an Indiana sweatshirt today, aren't you? Oh, yeah. My sweatshirt yeah. says Indiana University Grandpa. Ooh, really tried to bring yeah. the vibes <laughs> yeah. to this podcast. So. so Visco girl of you. I love that. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Rant over. Please continue. No, no. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like in watching this, I was like, if they were saying those things about Minnesota, I'd be pissed off. Like, yeah. you know, and like just like very one note, you know, it, it, it just doesn't give there are a lot of good people in Indiana that it just yeah. doesn't give credit to, which I get it's dramatized. It's for the point of the story. But right. I don't have like, to like it. Ryan Murphy. Exactly. <laughs> and also it's like, you know what? Long Island exists like right. Suffolk County. Orange County exists. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. But it's whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not to continue to shit on this movie, but uh, <laughs> James Corden, who oh boy, uh, he is a low light in and of itself because in the freaking preview, he was making me break out into hives. I don't literally whatever this man is in. I just am not here for it. I I can't sympathize with him. And you want to sympathize with his character, who is a gay man and who has had strife within his own family about coming out. And I couldn't sympathize with him. I wanted to punch his little dry face. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just, I don't like James Corden. And on top of that, you couldn't cast a gay person for James Corden's role? It's just, I don't get that. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. It's like, it just proves that Hollywood can be better at inclusion as well. When you're trying to talk about inclusion and then you go and decide, oh, hey, we're going to actually cast this really straight guy for this gay role. It's just, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, but that is egregious. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, on this note, like they, Ariana Grande was originally supposed to be cast as Alyssa, who is the daughter of Kerry Washington. So the the daughter of like the high, strong, really homophobic PTA principal character in the movie. And then a lot of people were really upset because they were hoping for, not only were they upset that she was playing a character who's um, a lesbian, but also a lesbian woman of color. So they've recast her. Um, it went to Ariana DeBose, who was great, I thought, and one of the better mm-hmm. casting mm-hmm. choices in this great movie. Um, agreed. So it felt like if they restructured Ariana Grande, 
Yeah. Like they could, you know what I mean? It felt like totally. there was obviously some critical thinking that went in just yeah. not far enough or it didn't cover James Corden. Yeah. I found it really surprising because he's, I think, pretty clearly supposed to be kind of a Ryan Murphy stand-in, especially once I found that out about his sure. high school experience. Like they have that whole plot line in the in the musical where James Corden has this trauma of like growing up in Indiana as a gay man and he couldn't bring couldn't bring a man to the prom, et cetera. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't get the game James Corden love, and I guess that's part of it, but the reason that I submitted this for cringe mode last week is because the embargo broke and it was a flood of tweets about how offensive James Corden's performance was. Somebody yeah. even said it was like the worst acting performance of the 21st century. <laughs> and Incredible. which was a lot, but and it was all from a lot of gay critics who were like, mm-hmm. yeah, why can't, and you know, he's, he's in this role where he's giving all this advice and, yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you saw Happiest Season, like the Dan Levy role where, you know, he's giving her all these pep talks and being like, this is how you go through life, having this shared experience that we have. And they don't have the shared experience and you can't forget because it's right. James Corden. And mm-hmm. it's not even it's not even to me the fact that he's straight. It's the fact that he's James Corden and everyone knows he's straight and can't forget that he's James Corden. Like mm-hmm. if they had cast an unknown straight actor in this role, I wouldn't have loved it. But like you could think that he's gay (laughs) like you know what I mean and get into the role and get into the character whereas it was so clearly like stunt casting James Corden in this role Mm -hmm. that I'm like none of us like we don't we all know you know what I mean (laughs) like it just really took you out of it and I think it did a disservice to the character and the story which I did not appreciate at all yeah yeah you know it reminds me this whole like Ryan Murphy not realizing this kind of reminds me of Legally Blonde when Brooke Wyndham forbids Elle from using her alibi because she knows how it's going to look with her getting liposuction while owning a fitness empire. And Netflix slash Ryan Murphy should know how disingenuous this looks by preaching the equality and then not even casting a gay man for like pretty much the main role. I'm sorry. It's fraudulent. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> the radio meter. That's one one ding 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 for each episode that we've had the last two weeks. But yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Also, this is has a completely different note, but it is a casting note. I did not like the head mean girl Kaylee. Mm. She not only I'm but she like looked like an Instagram influencer, like totally. Like she's very clearly had maybe, maybe some alterations, and it just felt like she was just like really out of place. And I honestly didn't find her performance good. So no. I'm sorry. That was also, mean, but- I'm still stuck on air. I didn't realize Ariana Grande was supposed to be the love interest. That would yes, have been that is wild. incredibly bad casting. She was yes. not a good fit at all for that role. No. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, Aquafina was supposed to play the publicist, Miss Sheldon, but then it went to Kevin Chamberlain, who was like a total background character in the movie. So I don't know if that huh. was like pared down or, or what, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was supposed to be the Aquafina. Strange. She what a out. weird ride <laughs> this movie was. I yeah. know. Jesus Christ. Um, next category, nitpicks. So <laughs> we're, <laughs> I swear we're going to get to some of them. Yeah. This movie was pretty fun. We should just say that. Actually, you should yeah. probably watch it. It's pretty fun and it has good musical numbers but we're tearing it apart a little bit um okay i have some more indiana nitpicks first of all (laughs) you can't they they talk about how this is like this backwater podunk town like applebee's is the best place they can find one gay person in the whole town and then they go to this mall that (laughs) indiana Indiana has one mall like this and it's in indianapolis it's called the castleton mall in indianapolis and i know it well because i had to go there for a prom dress and i had to Ah. go there for you got to drive to get there it's the only place that has a lego store it's the only place that has a disney store (laughs) so there's one mall in indiana that looks like this and they act like they just have it in this town 
and that doesn't have anything better than an Applebee's. And there's this like incredible mall sequence. Again, we love a mall sequence on yes. tea time. But this mall is like multiple stories, blah, 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 blah. And it, this does not exist in Indiana. Even the yeah. Castleton Mall does not look like this, in my opinion. This is very clearly an L.A. mall. That's you so ask me. Yeah. Um, another another uh, nitpick that I thought they might mention in the Indianapolis Star article that I cited earlier mm-hmm. is they're talking about how all these Indiana newspapers are writing about Emma's story when it gets picked up by the press. And they go, the Indiana Star has it. Ryan Murphy. You went to Indiana University. You studied journals in there. You know damn well the <laughs> Indianapolis Star, fondly, fondly nicknamed the Indy Star, uh, and not the Indiana Star. And I know you watched this cut a million times, and you could have fixed it, and you purposely didn't. So please have some respect. <laughs> this is for you and Indiana your best. journalism. Yes. Uh, Why did he make that choice? That is weird. Just purposefully shitting on the local Indiana paper. Didn't appreciate that. Also, Kate, please fact check this for me. In the movie, this is an ultimate nitpick because it was like a throwaway line. I don't know why I paid attention to it. I did notice it and I'm glad you're asking. Okay, good. Because you did quiz me a couple weeks back about Midwest foods and Thanksgiving and all that. So James Corden at one point is served quote, Indiana lemonade, and he drinks it, and it's got a little alcohol. It's like cute little sequence. Like, oh, it's Indiana lemonade as opposed to regular lemonade. Kate, is Indiana lemonade a thing? Lemonade and alcohol? No, we don't just randomly have alcohol in our lemonade, James Corden. We drink regular lemonade in Indiana. However, Hoosier pie is also mentioned, and that is a thing. It's like sugar. We call it sugar cream pie in my house, but um, it's like a custard sugar pie. They call it Hoosier pie. So... Indiana lemonade is not a thing. Yeah, no. that's just okay. like a college mixer. That's just saying that Indian people in Indiana are alcoholics. That's not oh. that's not a thing. Right. So, right. Um, okay. I have another nitpick, and that is that this movie is set again in 2020, mm-hmm. and every girl wears a short dress to the prom. Maybe I just am like not with the times, but I don't think girls have worn short dresses to prom prom in like 10 years, maybe more. Are we out of touch though? We don't know. When was, I mean, Did my you prom guys was wear a, a short dress ago. to your prom? No, I wore a long one. I wore a short one, but I'm older than you guys. And the 2000s, Only man, by were a little. Wild time. But let me tell you, I was looking through my yearbook and I was like, Jesus. But I remember back in the day, people didn't wear long dresses because it was like, are you getting married? Like, what are you doing? Mm. I see that was that was like the vibe though, I think. Interesting. At least, like, maybe I was like the Indiana thing, but like you went, like it was like as formal. As wow. wedding dresses sometimes. Yeah. I love the long dress because I can wear flat sandals and like right. not every oh, other fucking dance. That. Everyone was we in need five that. inch heels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was other dances, short dresses, prom long dresses. Interesting. So, yeah. I don't know. Not sure about the tea time demographic here, but if any of you are like young high school age and you're wearing short dresses, just write us in, please. Write us in. But this, this happens in all prom movies. They're always wearing short dresses. And I'm always like, mm-hmm. people don't do that anymore. That's people wear funny. long dresses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what do I know? Anyway, again, like a lot of things about this movie would have made more sense to me if they'd said it 20 <laughs> years ago, but you're right. that's just me. Right. Uh, All right. Let's keep going. What else? Um, it's your oh, turn. it's me. Great. <laughs> um, really romantic moment happened underneath the bleachers. And I find mm. that in a lot of high school movies, a lot of really fun, really exciting, like come of age moments happen under the bleachers. And I'm kind of jealous because I, I don't know what your guys's bleacher situation was, but that was not <laughs> happening under mine. I think mine is actually like set in stone or something. So there's no, you know, quote under the bleacher situation, but I'm sick of movies portraying that. I'm so jealous. We actually um, had big bleachers like that. And we had a damn. whole space where people walked underneath them. So that was Kate, actually real to my experience. Did you? Have any, me. Oh my God. Did you guys have any formative experiences underneath the bleachers? No. People were always afraid okay. that they would like <laughs> fall down and we get trapped and killed under those things. Jesus Christ. 
We had like our whole concession so stand was underneath the bleachers. We had like a whole walking area. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> underneath cool. the bleachers. We so yeah, nice. I don't know. Lots of stuff probably happened down there to other people that weren't me. Right. And we're cool. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I feel that. Um, all right. Last nitpick. <sighs> okay. Is it just me or does anyone else think they could make prom a lot cheaper than for people pooling their savings because I think I could do it. And there's there's a scene where they're like, oh, we can throw Emma a prom. Let's pool all our savings and max out all our credit cards. And they get the Meryl Streep character who is like apparently the richest person there to like set, give them her credit card, her black American Express. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I've watched enough HGTV shows to be under budget. I, I know Target, like it's the back of my hand. I could go and get those cheap party supplies. I would recruit the art department to f- make props if you wanted props, but you don't even need props. And I think it maybe wouldn't be a school sanctioned event, but I'm pretty sure you could argue it in higher courts that you use the gym for the prom. I just feel like that could be a Supreme Court issue that you would win. And mm. and if not, throw it in a freaking park. You know what I mean? Right. And you know mm-hmm. what? You also don't need elaborate lighting. You don't need a DJ. And I will tell you why. Because my senior year of high school, our student council threw together something called can dance. Um, that was... <laughs> I kid, This is a real ass thing that happened. You had to bring in 10 cans and this was like right before Thanksgiving. So we could all donate it to like a food shelf. And that was like the admission ticket. And literally the whole dance, it was thrown in our gym and no one had to pay for it. And it was just, you know, someone manning the lights. I think it was the school pre- or yeah, the, the student body president <laughs> just with his freaking laptop playing his iTunes playlist. I'm <laughs> not yeah. joking. Yeah. And... We, that's literally what happened. And then someone um, shit in the middle of the gym floor. So what? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, High school. That, all right. I know. That's yeah. that's what happened. Because. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to ask I, for details about that. That'll be yeah, our answerable yeah, question okay. next week. Uh, yeah. I'm going to ask off my. I agree okay. with your take because this is Indiana. There are barns fucking everywhere. Pay one farmer. Yes. 30 bucks to use his barn for the night. Second <laughs> of all, Spotify playlist. You're done. Couple there streamers from nice Party plug. City, and <laughs> <Yep>. that's it. <laughs> exactly. So I totally agree. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to the good. Let's do the MVPs of the prom. Uh, Kate, what is your opinion on this? I already talked about my love for Meryl. So I'm going to go with Joe Allen Pellman, who plays Emma. Mm. Um, she is the the girl that they come to save uh, in, in this story. And she's just delightful. She's like kind of a newcomer yeah. to the scene. I don't know that anything that she's been in before. First of all, great voice. Like she's just star in the making. Two, she's just so likable and so sort of along for the ride. Like it would almost be unbelievable for I think for a lot of people to like you know, it's a high school student who suddenly has these aging Broadway actors. And it's just like, sure, like, help me. Mm-hmm, but right. she's so cute and likable and just like along to like to go with it that she's just her smile is like 90% of her face. I just thought she was great. She was so cute. Yeah, I agree. She kind of reminds me of a young Drew Barrymore, her smile mm-hmm. and her Ooh. face. Now, I don't know about yeah. her energy, but yeah, I agree. It's a great choice. Amelia, who's your choice? I said, you know, I agree. Uh, it's Joellen Pellman, but like Kate was saying at the beginning of this, you know, Meryl Streep is my choice, I guess, is because she's an icon. And like Al Pacino, she makes everything she's in better. So, you <laughs> I know, I, I truly think this movie went from like a C to a B because she's in it. Yep. Yeah, that's I fair. agree. Um, I had to pick a different 
thing in person. So I chose sequence as the MVP. We have not seen this material really in mass in a very long time. And it's fucking everywhere in this movie. But like done in like a kind of fun way in the prom, yeah. the very end. Every character is in like a kind of different iteration of a sequence outfit. Kerry Washington is like, you know, decked out head to toe in the yes. sequence dress. You know, she's one of them now. She's accepting. She's like kind of brought into the fold because she accepts her daughter. Blah, blah, blah. There's like sequin suit jackets and just really fun. I forget of it. I forget it. You know, it's not really done in, yeah, in movies. It's definitely much more of like a theat, like, you know, theatrical musical thing. Yeah. Um, it felt like that's a, a Broadway movie. musical. Like yeah. it, it could have just been kind of a boring, not boring, but like a kind of a drab like movie musical but I love that they really made it like splashy and a little bit like mm-hmm. otherworldly and like yes. fantastical with all the costumes and the colors I agree. agree all right let's do the lightning round what is the best musical number Kate I really like the big prom dance number at the end I love that they like all the suddenly you know the mean girl that's that's been like an asshole the whole movie and all these like <laughs> random kids just like break out in like these big dance like flashy numbers like yeah. on the prom floor um carrie washington's out there busting a move i just liked when like they were all dancing together and it was like the very you know classic end of broadway show where everyone's on yes. stage except they were all like you know on the prom dance floor i thought that was really fun agreed amelia like what about too. you honestly i thought all the songs were super catchy but mm-hmm. clearly i don't have great taste in music but um <laughs> It's a low bar for me, but I truly, I was like, oh, wow, this is the music. It was good. It was really good. I think that, yeah, yeah, that is a true highlight. I really like the um, number between Emma and Alyssa. It's called It's Time to Dance. It like, it's very, again, like fantastical and romantic. It actually reminded me of like Jane the Virgin, Mm. um, where like, I don't know if you guys have watched that show, but Michael, her like true real love. And it's like, like a telenovela. So it's also very like, you know, romantic and stuff. Anyway, they like have this like tree, the, like the leaves of this tree are falling around them. And in this movie, they're like lit by these like really bright neon pink trees and the leaves are falling and it's like mm-hmm. just really beautiful and romantic and I loved it. Um, and then also I loved Nicole Kidman's number that she carried on her back that was like <laughs> razzle dazzle Chicago yes. she should have been Renee Zellweger yes. um, it's called Zazz this musical number oh. and she's like <laughs> in this newsboy cat huge gold hoops like these like tight kind of fishnet stockings tassel mini skirt she's like fucking killing it she looks I great I love that um, so those are my top two okay. I agree uh, pick an outfit from this movie to steal Amelia I really liked Emma's little tie and shirt with the khakis and the beanie (laughs) that she was wearing when she met up with Alyssa. I mean, I could never pull it off, but I thought she looked cute as hell. So agreed. I really loved how they they dressed her in this movie. It was very like, you know, kind of 20, not 20s, 2020 e-girl like (laughs) TikTok lesbian. (laughs) Someone who gets a lot of lesbian TikTok. Uh, And she just looks super, super cute. She also has an outfit where like she has this like little white blouse. that's like buttoned all the way up these cute black pants and then like a black brimmed hat. I assume kind of the hat Liz was going for when she ordered her brimmed hat where it's like Uh, not really a cowboy hat, but like the cute hat. Yeah. (laughs) But also Meryl has a ton of great, incredible suits also. And like capes kind of where she'll like toss off the cape dramatically. So that was great. I agree. Um, Let's recast James Corden's part. Kate, who is your pick? Uh, I went with Billy Porter. Uh, first of all, because I right. just love Billy Porter and I just want to put him in everything. Second mm-hmm. of all, I think, you know, in our current day and age, Billy Porter should be in everything. But mm-hmm. also, you know, there was a lot about how James Corden was discriminated against in Indiana. And I think if you had cast a black actor, that would have been heightened. 
and a lot mm-hmm. deeper. And if you'd cast a gay black actor in this role like Billy Porter, I think that that character would have had a lot more depth to it because yeah. that's also racism is also a huge issue in Indiana and mm-hmm. everywhere else. Um, and I just would have, I think, kind of doubled up on, you know, the intensity of his story and like really like punching through a lot of the, you know, the things that that he's been through. Sure. Um, and I also just want to watch Billy Porter sing and wear sequins and dance with Meryl Streep. Agree. Yes. It's a great choice. Yeah, that is a great choice. I would have to agree. I love your Billy Porter idea. I also would have been okay with like someone like Harvey Firestein, who's done a bunch of yeah. musicals. Just a classic. Come on. A yeah. classic. Love his voice too. And also, you know what? This could have easily been solved by just giving friggin' Andrew Rannells the lead role. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. you just want to be lazy, give it he to him. Taken it. He's already in the cast. Do you think Neil Patrick Harris was considered for this role? I mean, he's got a great oh. voice. I, I don't know. He hasn't been around in, in my Probably opinion. Probably salty that he wasn't considered. <laughs> yeah. <for> truly. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Agreed. Um, okay. In your guys' opinion, what cast member was most wasted by this movie, Kate? I had Nicole Kidman, but we've already talked about this, and I totally agree with your choice. So just go for it. Yeah. I think Kerry Washington was yeah. just like just wrong. I think like maybe it was because I was such like a scandal fan. So when she puts on a power suit, I'm like, yeah. And she speaks in that really like demanding, like boss woman way. But to have her in this role felt just like the wrong choice. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. And also she's a great actress and just like so wonderful on screen that I didn't really like this role for her. I just wanted it to be different. I don't know. Yeah, I think she was pretty wasted. I think they went with her because like, you know, she has kind of a redemption at the end and it has to be someone that you want to like. So I understand that that part of it, but she was, I don't think she was a very good fit. I think she was, she was just too likable at times and also the character like wasn't enough for her to really work with. Yeah, um, totally. And like a little bit underserved by the movie. Totally. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, last category of the episode. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We know it's a long one. We had a lot to say about the prom. Let's do Tea Time's unanswerable questions. Kate. My unanswerable question comes from Tumblr's year-end list. (laughs) Uh, They give this actually really great, really interesting list of all the things that have been really popular on Tumblr that year. For example, like they have all the most popular movies on Tumblr, like how far they went up or down. Like The Old Guard on Netflix was the second most popular movie on Tumblr this year because like fans really latched onto it. So it's all, it's like really (laughs) different from other platforms, which I always really like. Twilight was like number five. Um, But but, uh, it had a list of 2020's top aesthetics. And we've talked about aesthetics in kind of this context on the podcast before. We've done a cottage core Mm. analysis. We've talked about dark academia when we were talking (laughs) about the the craft. I love that. And they listed their top 10 aesthetics. I'm just going to read through them really quick because it's just such a fascinating window into the internet right now. Um, Number one was cottagecore. Number two Mm. was dark academia. So we covered those two. Finger on (laughs) the pulse, baby. Hell yeah. (laughs) Number three was naturecore, which I think is similar to cottagecore. Right. Farmcore. Again, I assume people just like really wanted to listen to folklore and be outside, I guess. Um, yeah. Five is Goblin Core, which I think is similar to Dark Academia, but with, with kind core. of a fantastical twist. Oh, I'm going to skip number six because that's my unanswerable question. Number oh, okay. seven is Light Academia. So instead of like oh. dark gothic buildings, it's like, you know, mar- like Rider marble. Color. I don't yeah. know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight is Love Core. No idea what that is. <laughs> number nine is Cyberpunk, which has been around forever. Right. Uh, and then number 10 is Fairy Core. However, number oh. six, 
is something that I did not look up because I want to talk <laughs> through with both of you on this podcast. The number six most popular aesthetic on Tumblr this year was grandma core. <laughs> and my unanswerable question is what the fuck is grandma core? Okay. As know. a baseline follow-up question, do you think grandma core actually involves grandma or do you think it's more of the grandma lifestyle with like knitting? Yes. And I think yeah. that's the what big it is. cardigans by a fire and kind of like just yes. maybe with a cat. But it, it has to be different somehow from cottage core. Right. Farm core. Like what makes grandma core different then that you would go to the trouble of hashtagging your post hashtag grandma core. <laughs> is it like just a bunch of people shopping at Christopher and Banks? <laughs> Got Chico's bookmarked. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I don't know. Do you think it's like an inherent wisdom, maybe oh, that like, you hmm. know, that comes when you have a grandma? Or maybe you real like it's like kind of you're yearning for like yesteryear. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I think that I think the nostalgia is maybe part of it. So sure. like it's pictures of things yes. that you would associate with right. your grandma. So like soothing things oh. and you know, I don't know what that would be. Or like, this is like really reaching, but like, you know, like a lot of, you know, correspondence happens. Like there's a lot of letter writing and a lot of, you know, unplugging from, obviously there was no technology back then. So it feels like maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm like reaching. I have no idea. I really don't know. I just, in my head, I have like just pictures of grandmas. Yeah. (laughs) Grandma core makes me a little uncomfortable to be honest. So interesting. The name is not what you want. Uh, Anyway, like, (laughs) <laughs> My grandma grew up like in, you know, like the depression era and like right. 1940s and stuff and like, you know, World War II and blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> then, but she's a great grandma. And then my like aunt and uncle have grandkids who are like seventh grade and stuff. And so I feel like they'd be doing this. So, okay. and then they grew up like in the 70s, 60s and 70s. So are they doing 60s and 70s? Is this just another way to say disco? I, d- it, I don't it feels I don't weird know. I feel like that we shouldn't make this like an aesthetic like you know right. the hardships that like other people, right. yeah, people I know. Have gone through it has right. to just yeah. be like soothing knitting crocheting yeah grandma activities I'm gonna look it up right after this podcast I cannot okay, wait to Please, find out yeah okay good <laughs> um and lastly the very very last thing we're gonna talk about Woo-hoo. is I I don't know I think I just said this as a throwaway comment but I did appreciate you guys following up and wondering about my Keebler elf <laughs> story and I want to make it clear off the top I found it actually quite alarming some of you thought that I survived off of like one singular Keebler cookie and that was not the case I'm talking about like a pack that you buy at the store like I did not ration this into third like one cookie into third can you explain how this came about so for background last week I was talking about Keebler elf cookies and you were like for one day in college no for three days in college (laughs) you were trapped and survived by eating Keebler elf cookies and you just left it at that and we just stopped the podcast and went home and then people were like what the fuck how did that happen (laughs) Again, I actually did appreciate that people were like, wait, what? Is this okay? (laughs) Here's the story. Details are fuzzy, but okay. So basically when I was a sophomore um, in college, I for some reason went back to campus early after spring break. I went home to see my family, came back. And like that weekend, it fell over like Easter weekend or something. A lot of perfect storm um, of situation, (laughs) circumstances here. So I went to college in a very small town in North Carolina, kind of like in the sticks, really, where like you had the on-campus food 
um, whatever options. And then you had to drive to go to Walmart and Target and Chick-fil-A and everything else. But like, you could not walk there. And it was also <laughs> spring. So it was kind of bad weather. I think it was raining or storming, whatever. So I went back to college early on my way from LAX to Raleigh. I sat next to this very nice um, middle-aged man, you know, struck up a conversation in the middle seat, uh, you know, <laughs> as you're forced to do. And he and I like spent a long time talking. And then for some reason, I think he was my guardian angel, never saw him again. For some reason, he was like, here, I have this unopened box of um, Keebler Sandys cookies, oh which God. are the pecan shortbread. They're really bad. The but he had, like kind. An, an unopened yeah box of them was like, here, take it, I guess. And I was like, thank you. I don't know. It could have been poisoned. I took them and whatever, ate them later. Went back to campus, realized that every single on-campus eating option was closed because it was Easter weekend and still spring break. Realized that I could not get anywhere because I had no car and realized that there was no one else around. Like, I don't know why I did this, but I was just alone from a Friday and had to get through the Monday before everything opened up and all the students came back. So basically I get there and then I realize that all I have to my name is this unopened box of Keebler Sandy's cookies. <laughs> and I realize I have to go from <sighs> Friday to Monday. So I had to ration this fucking box of cookies out. So I ate like a sleeve a day, you know, like, you know, four for breakfast, four for lunch, four for dinner. Um, and that's how I survived. I had like oh water from the bathroom sink, I think. <laughs> and, like, hey. Cookies. And and I literally, they were so disgusting by the end, but like I, you know, you, you, you had to survive. Um, and then I told my boyfriend this story like recently when this got brought, brought up and he was like, why didn't you order like Domino's or pe- like something like I this was, was not that as well. I wasn't going to ask dark era. And I was like, mm, yeah, that's a good point. I do not know. I just was an actual idiot. I um, can just see like your brain overworking itself to the point where you're like, this is all I- like I have to rush. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> and like writing out like survive. how many you can have per day, yeah. like not even thinking. I had resources. I could have, I mean, if I called my mom, she would have freaked out and like, I don't know what, I don't know, flew to North Carolina herself. It's such like the Liz Kelly thing to be like, I can deal with this myself and just like do it. I'm like sweaty thinking about this story. Anyway, it was a dark time. Um, Eventually I got food again, but I, this guy that accidentally gave me this like amazing, just saved my life. So wherever you are out there, thank you so much. I would not be here. And you've never had a Sandy cookie ever again. No. I don't think I've even, I don't think I'll eat Keebler cookies like any kind. (laughs) That's fair. Understandable. Yeah. Okay. That's the story. Thank you guys for listening (laughs) to that. Um, If you found that interesting. Thank you. Our producer, Kaya. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Lederer. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.